minutes a baby is born in America. And every few minutes, somebody dies. That's the cycle of life. The important thing is that the dead are supposed to stay dead. But somewhere, somehow, something has gone wrong. Scientists have been experimenting with a sonar device to make our food supply grow. But they've unleashed a terror beyond description. They've awakened the dead. Run home, lock your doors, bolt your attics, and seal off your basements. And whatever you do, don't open the window. They tampered with nature, and now we must pay the price. For those of you with a taste for zombies and the living dead, comes a nightmare tale that won't go away. Don't open the window. A special weekend late show <laughs> from Filmways, rated R. Hello, and welcome to Flyby Films. Foctoberfest. Or what what were we saying? Fly by Foctober. Foctober. Yeah. That makes, yeah. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day or evening or whatever. And thank you for tuning in. Um, as I look on and see my my host. Uh, my co-host Blake. I see that he has a very sharp haircut, and it reminds me of knives and other spooky things. So, any what knives reminds me of? What what does knives remind you of? Well, the film Knives Out, but secondarily, slasher films. Ooh, you see the tie in there because it's October. It's the month of yeah. spoopy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of where I was going, and then I realized I wasn't quite there. Thank you for pulling us back in. You're welcome. Blake, I have a non, um, non-spooky non related question that I want to know. Uh, can I ask you? Oh, please do. Okay. You are walking... I actually have a second question that is spooky related. You're walking, but this one isn't. You're walking okay. down a road and you see money on the ground. And it's a single bill and you go in to pick it up. But then you realize that it's actually rolled around a piece of shit and it's smushed together. <laughs> so it's just smeared with shit. Okay. What is the lowest value that you would be willing to still pick that shit dollar up with? <laughs> or shit bill? Hmm. Uh, I've had 15 plus years of cleaning up rent houses. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with a $20 bill. That's where I'm at. And yeah. I don't even have that experience. I don't know what my problem is. I don't have that background, but like I would do it for $20. I feel I, like that's reasonable. I think if I was still doing that work toward like, cause towards the end of my time doing that work, I was like pretty much 
like hand to mouth. Uh, like I didn't have a whole lot of money. And so like I might've done five or $10 at that point. <laughs> I might've picked up that shit, shit bill and been like, Ooh, this would pay for my dinner tonight or this yeah. would pay for uh, groceries for the next couple of days or something like that. But yeah, right now, 20, it would have to be okay. at least a 20. Yeah. At least a 20. And this is coming from a guy who is cleaned toilets numerous times to the point that poop no longer bothers me. All it's right. just a thing. Yeah. Poop is, I mean, poop is just a thing. Well, thing. vomit, Everybody vomit will, will destroy me. I do so not if do it was, vomit. If it was covered in vomit, that mm. amount would go higher. Yeah, it would, it would go, it would have to go up a little bit, mainly because <clears throat> I'm not sure I could actually reach down and grab it without adding to the vomit. That, because yeah. I have the, the smell is what gets to me. This, everything else, like the look of it, doesn't bother me. The smell will cause an instant gag reflex. So I, I feel like the smell of vomit dissipates faster. But when it's fresh, the smell of vomit to me, yeah, yeah. I agree, is worse than the smell of poop. Yeah. And I Smoop don't like the smell of poop. Smoop. Smoop. Uh, poop has uh, kind of an earthy smell to it. It, yeah. it, it kind of like tames it a little bit. So. All right. Well, I feel like we have officially gotten rid of all of our listeners at this point. Uh, well, we're so- trying to make it a spoopy month. Yeah, they they're all ghosts now. Um, but what uh, what was the scary part of this? There's there's not a scary part of that. I have another question. Another it's a would you rather that was on okay. my mind. Um, and this is spooky related. Would you rather be a basketball playing werewolf or okay. a skeleton in a rock band? Oh, hands down, skeleton in a rock band. Okay, okay. Yeah. What uh what uh what position would you play? What part what part of the band would you be? A drummer, because I wouldn't even have to have drumsticks. Oh yeah, you could use your bones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And can you imagine like the, the, the rhythms I could I could do? Dude, that would be rad. <laughs> It'd be all like right. a it'd, it'd be like a metal double bass, but like on all the drums, yeah, not just the bass drum. Blake, you get to be bone drummer. Bone drummer. Bone drummer Blake. That I feel is... like that's every drummer though. Every drummer has a boner while they're playing drums. I feel like they have a boner. <laughs> Do they play like part of the drum set with their boner? Yes. That's how yes. the guy in Def Leppard was able to get away with just having one hand. <laughs> he just he just he just whipped it out. Use that. He instead. just whipped it out. Yeah, that's what you got to do. <laughs> he use just all stood your up in- and. <laughs> use all your instruments, Blake. Yeah, man, that's what she said. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all right well i uh, feel like i i i've officially hijacked 
this episode what were oh, we no. supposed to talk about oh, no. we are we are we still have i've because i've got something we need to talk about <clears throat> all right it has nothing to do with scary stuff so don't feel bad that you brought up that weird <laughs> question about shit dollars um we need to talk about avatar it's been bugging me no wait this is going to bring out bad feelings, though. Well, no, no, it doesn't have to take long. I literally okay. think it, this would take like a minute. Okay. Uh, I recently has come into the news that James Cameron has officially, I guess, finished the seven or 15 films that he's made post the first Avatar. Wow. And they will 15. be releasing... I don't ha- I don't know how many he's made like seven Ugh. I think. But that Ugh. means that the next decade of our life is going to be surrounding the makeup and the discourse of Avatar. And I just wanted to quick I know how I feel about it. I just want a quick very short answer from you Jameson about your feelings about a decade of of avatar and james cameron blake make it short then i'll tell you mine and then we'll we'll move on you're gonna get me in trouble blake i'm gonna get just say it just say so much shit for this i'm gonna gonna get so much shit too because you and i i'm pretty sure you and i agree on this (laughs) yeah i guess we could be bros together in this yeah i hate avatar so much (laughs) But I do not care for okay, it at do you, all. Do you, do you hate Avatar or do you hate Avatar simply because it's James Cameron? Well, I don't like it as a movie. I watched okay. it. I have seen Avatar. My wife is actually a fan of it. And we own the Blu-ray. I don't like it. I okay. think it's a sucky movie. But... Okay. What really grinds my gears and what really like makes me get on my high horse is that back right before Avatar came out, James Cameron was so self-assured that it was going to be the biggest movie in the world and that it was going to make the most money and more than Titanic, which was the one that had yeah. that he had made that had made the most money before it. And he predicted this and then it happened. And I just felt so sick to my stomach that this shitty blue person movie that, I don't know, it just didn't seem very interesting. It was just a giant blockbuster with great visual effects and terrible story. Boring, nothing, not great. This is golden criticism, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, well, it just bought. I mean, <laughs> I think you put more thought into it than I did. It just. It I just haven't bothered. even seen the movie. I you, I remember seeing the preview, and I was like, "This looks like a live action version of Smurfs," and I don't I don't really care for that, and so this looks stupid. I'm not gonna go see it. And little did I know that years later it would come back into theaters just like Titanic did. 
because James Cameron loves to bring his films back. And and I saw the preview again, and I heard it was coming back, and I was like, yeah, this still looks stupid. Still looks like a live-action Smurfs film. I don't think I'm going to see it either this time. And you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to see the, the next 17 or however many there are. Yeah, I think I've come to peace with my, you know, bitter Jameson where it's like, okay, people can have nice things, I guess, or just things that they like. I won't even call it a nice thing. People can just go and see this movie and I never have to see it. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, I also thought that that was the way of the world and that people would respect that. But after the experience that I've had with Hamilton, I don't think that people respect that position. So that's the thing that I'm worried about. I'm worried that... I think you're going to get more shit about your Hamilton opinion than you will about Avatar. <laughs> no, all I'm saying Which I is... share your opinion on Hamilton too, just so you know. All I'm saying is <laughs> I wasn't that interested in Hamilton. And then everybody was like, you got to see Hamilton. You got to see Hamilton. And then I was basically goaded into seeing it twice by uh my in-laws who i will not name um and i it was just as meh as i thought it was gonna be Mm -hmm. and maybe that's just because i'm closed off to that part of my soul or whatever but it's fine i'll live in a separate universe and I feel the same way about Avatar, but I do kind of feel like a similar thing is going to happen where someone's going to have to drag me to at least one of these seven movies. And I'm just not going to enjoy it. And it's it's fine. Just let me have my... I got, I got dragged kicking and screaming to all the, all the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. So... Yeah. Do you not like those? Eh. Yeah, They're fine, I, I guess. I was a pretty big fan. I, I don't know. I haven't watched them for a while. Um, I like the Lord of the Rings. I can stories. at least respect those people who like the the original three. I have no respect for anyone who likes the Hobbit trilogy. I watched the first one and I dropped out after that. <laughs> I, I saw all three. I, oh, woof. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I am so non-committal about the first three, because I saw the, the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, I do think the Hobbit trilogy kind of put a put a little bit of a damper on the first three, which is unfortunate because, yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunate. Peter Jackson is a good director. Uh, he's fun. Or, or at least he was at one point. Yeah, I, mean, I actually, has he done anything since the Hobbit movies? He did that uh, that world. Oh, world the documentary. documentary. Yeah, I saw that. I, actually, that was pretty I, good. Yeah, I heard that was really good. I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, I think he's at that stage where he could just do whatever he wants. He has yeah. a pile of money and can make the projects he wants to. Uh, yeah. I did like the King Kong movie quite a bit actually never saw uh, it. The, the one that he did mm-hmm. he was actually i think that was that was the movie that that drove him to make movies was mm-hmm. the one of the first king kong movies 
he saw yeah. it and he was like i i need to do this i need to make this magic and that's that's i think what got him started down his practical effect horror movie you know um repertoire and then i still think the frighteners is his best film really uh-huh okay i haven't seen that outside of watching it as a matinee on like a saturday afternoon on tnt yeah. but um and that would have been a long time ago so mm-hmm. okay well, okay, we'll switch out the uh, James Cameron <laughs> slash uh, Lord of the Rings hatred and slash Hamilton hatred. And wait, wait, move before on to we our... do, okay, before we do, let's let's do let's end on a positive note. Is there a, is there a James Cameron movie that you actually like? Uh, yes. Um, is it The Abyss? Yeah. Or is it? I think. Yeah, The Abyss. That's the one he did, right? He did, yeah, he did The Abyss. So then, yeah, that's the one. I, I mean, whenever you're a kid and you watch uh, T2, it's pretty stellar. Yeah. But I've watched it since, and it's, I mean, it's it's decent, it's fine. But I still prefer the first one. I like yeah, I... Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a bad guy. I think that's the thing that James Cameron, in my mind, does, uh, or at least he did in his early stages, was he went to a, a a very great series and he made a lesser movie. So he did that with Aliens, and he did that with with Terminator. Another uh, thing you're gonna get more shit for than uh, your your take on Avatar is is my take on Aliens. Like, yeah, people I, love that movie. I don't well, get it. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's an action film. But it's not it's not anything like the first or even the third, in my opinion. Well, I haven't seen the third in a while, so I don't want to put my foot in my mouth about which one is which. But well, if you if you watch the assembly cut of, of the third one, that's about the only way the third one would live up to it. But yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I I felt like it was it was just accepted. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe we can ask our audience. I felt like it's accepted like lore that alien is a much better movie than aliens. Even if you really love aliens. Now. Yeah. I I think there are people out there that will argue that aliens possibly might be better. I think they're full of shit. I think they're doing it just to be, you know, (laughs) I'm going to choose the lesser film over the other one because that's I'm cool and hip and whatnot. Yeah. It sounds like a Twitter hot take. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and we would never do a Twitter hot take on this. Not podcast. at all. Yeah. I, 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 when I had a Twitter still, that's what I based my whole persona off of. <laughs> Just a bunch of hot takes. Bunch of hot takes. Hot take Blake. <laughs> uh yeah, I also really like The Abyss. I think that's a very personal film for James Cameron because he definitely... <laughs> if you think his beef with uh, with having the movie that makes the most money and like mm-hmm. the Avengers series is weird, um, 
you should look up his beef with undersea diving and deep sea diving because he also needs to have that uh that record of being the the person who's been the you know to the deepest level of the ocean uh good for him he's very yeah but but you know it's pretty cool i think the ocean is pretty cool and so it's amazing as long as i don't have to be in it yeah yeah that's why (laughs) that's why i love the abyss you know you could kind of think about the ocean and from the safety of your couch i'm still too afraid that there's actually a kraken in the ocean Mm. so yeah so getting back to spoops speaking of krakens what are we talking about today jameson we are talking about the movie Candyman 3, fair, uh, Day of the Dead. <laughs> I like how we can't even remember the, 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 the subtitle. Candyman because, 2 because was it fair. Seems so, yeah. yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this, is how, this is how I remember it. Uh, Candyman 2 takes place in Louisiana, takes place in mm-hmm. New Orleans. Uh, yeah. And you have day or you have farewell to the flesh, which is a Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Catholics in New Orleans. Um, yep, Mardi Gras happens during yeah. Mardi Gras. I guess there are Catholics in um, L.A. too, which is where. Day I hate of the to break Dead it to you. I hate to place. break it to you. There are Catholics everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. But <laughs> you can't you can't spit and not hit a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> but Day of the Dead is a a Latin based thing, um, yeah. and specifically Mexico, and that is much more Dia closer. De la Muertos, yeah, closely related to L.A. So that's how yeah. I'm remembering these things. That's good because I had, I had actually forgotten it was L.A., and I remember looking up because they didn't do a real good job of like. You know, whereas Farewell to the Flesh was very clearly as in New Orleans, like they made it very clear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by showing the place and like the personality and whatnot. Day of the Dead, it could have literally been any city. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it actually took me a while to figure out where they were. I think at the, some point, you know how I know, you know how I figured it out. Because she walks by a street name called Cesar Chavez. And I was like, mm. Cesar Chavez Boulevard. I wonder if that doesn't seem like a thing that would be in the Midwest. Just because he's too radical for most of them. Uh, I doubt it's in the the, the, the East. Um, just because they're more mainstream Democrat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like. I wonder if it's on the West Coast. And so I looked it up. Were cities with Cesar Chavez Boulevard. And you know what popped up first? Los Angeles. And I was mm. like, yep, that's what it is. I think that's very funny that uh, that us Californians are just the crazy-ass progressive liberals. Um, well, y'all are also closer to the border. This well, is true. Part of y'all are closer to the border. It's cl- definitely closer than the Northeast. Yes. Yeah. By long stretch. Uh, so. 
I think at one point they mentioned uh, a city. Southern California is littered with different cities, but they mentioned one that I recognize. So um, I was like, oh, okay, that place is it for me. Uh, but yeah, it was it. It was definitely not. And this is actually a thing about LA. Um, is LA is 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 obviously the home of Hollywood, and Hollywood makes its money by being other cities, by being yeah. other places. And so there's actually a whole like idea about LA not really having its own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least kind of having uh, a more intrinsic identity rather than explicit. Um, so, so, so would you say that LA is like the geographic version of whiteness? Well, no, actually, actually, I feel like I feel like the more uh, so using that analogy, the more like um, kind of Central America and yeah central american like culture that comes in which there's a lot of that and there's you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of really great like mexican food and yeah. um, stuff around la in and in california and i feel like it gets less less white points because of that so um, yeah no in, I, in, I was less it was less about the actual makeup of the city and more about the uh, the lack of identity and culture but, but yeah whites like, I, don't Whites don't have a culture, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that's that's actually the culture that, like, for example, you noticed and were were able to place it and made me think, oh, this might actually be LA rather yeah. than or like Southern California. Yep. So for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, would, would you would do? Do you have the wiki pulled up? Because we we had a conversation before this uh, recording that we we were doing a poor job of letting our listeners who don't actually want to put themselves through these films. Uh, we were doing a poor job of explaining the film to them. And so Jameson came up with a good idea that we're going to read like literally word for word. We're going to read the first paragraph on the wiki page of these films. That way y'all know at least the, the, the broad brushstroke of what the film is about. <clears throat> and if you so yeah. choose to put yourself through the, the torture that is these films and then you know at least you were warned we we don't recommend this movie uh mm. at least i don't i don't uh, well for, and we'll get for, into that for many reasons yeah 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 but but yes uh this will give a good balancing of letting our listeners know what this movie is about We seem to have lost Jameson. He had currently, his picture has him leaning back with his arm lifted up in the air. And for those of you who do not know Jameson, his arm has a tattoo sleeve all the way up it. And, and he is turned slightly towards his arm like a Shakespearean character talking to the skull. And he has disappeared now. But originally, it looked like he was talking to his hand. And that's kind of weird.
will be received in the order that it was dialed. Thank you for shopping, Spirit Halloween. Things go will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons. We are currently experiencing reduced store hours. Please remember to stay socially distanced while shopping. And when you hear these zombies shriek, we're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. Remember where your town used to have a Hollywood video and blockbuster? Well, we're there now. Come on over and take a look at our Halloween costumes. Alright, so, I'm gonna read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article. Candyman 3. Day of the Dead, sometimes titled just Candyman Day of the Dead, they leave out that three, is a 1999 American supernatural slasher film directed by Turi Meyer and starring... Turi Meyer? No, I don't know. Turi Meyer and starring Tony Todd, who also produced it. Mm Mm-hmm. And Donna DeRico. It is the third installment of the Candyman series and a direct sequel to the 1995 film Candyman Farewell to the Flesh that we just covered. Its plot follows Caroline, the daughter of Annie Tarrant and descendant of the Candyman, the powerful spirit of the murdered son of a slave who kills those who invoked him, who finds herself targeted by him on the eve of the Day of the Dead. Mm. What a film. What a film. Mr. Jameson. Yes, Blake. Let me start this conversation off by asking you what you think the most problematic element of this movie is. Okay. So I realized I have two problematic elements, but the most, the biggest one is probably its obsession with boobs. Uh, Which, I don't think there's a problem with boobs. I don't have a problem with boobs. But, uh, I feel like the movie is definitely focused on exploiting the main character's body. And I, I think that's very clear from the very beginning. Uh, you know, she is constantly wearing shorty shorts and it's constantly taking, you know, a, an angle kind of akin to like looking up her butt, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think the part that bothered me the most was there's a scene where I forget some, I think some the, sort of I think it's the death of her art art dealer friend slash lover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the like art dealer he is. Yeah. The art dealer gets killed um in a pretty spectacular fashion. Uh, oh man, that's so spectacular. <laughs> that's pretty fun. But um <laughs> but then she discovers it and and it's really, you know, terrible and terrifying and she goes home to like cry about it and she gets in the shower you know, these comfort things. And the camera is just so obsessed with like getting views of her body while she's crying. And it's just really gross. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, 
So yeah, that, you, that you can tell that, that that that's the aim because she's having to like squeeze her arms around her chest mm-hmm. as she cries in the in this bathtub. Which I don't know about you, but whenever I'm taking a shower, I don't do I don't squeeze my my chest my hands to my chest while I'm taking a shower. I'm like usually like or when I'm sobbing, it's usually not like the you know like you know a baby. Yeah, and so yeah. clearly, clearly, she had a note in her contract that you know none of her cleavage was to be seen in the shots, and so she's having to like forcefully like contort her body during the crying scene with the above angle shot mm-hmm. over the shower curtain. They couldn't be more exploitative, like. <laughs> It yeah. is like everything about that scene is like, hey, look at this good looking woman and her body while she's traumatized. Isn't that fun, guys? Yeah, I I will say if you watch the trajectory of, you know, Candyman and then Candyman 2 and then this one, this was definitely much more into like the 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 boobs and guts uh style horror whereas the other two you know tried to be i think the second one was not a very good movie but it it tried to be uh, a serious movie Mm -hmm. in a sense like the first one was uh this movie definitely (laughs) it chucks that from the get-go Uh, it throws in a vague like uh, social commentary about racism, uh, mainly with a really racist cop, like an over overtly racist cop. Which, I mean, that hasn't been seen since like the fifties. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> so... they. I don't think there are overtly racist cops in L.A. Right? We don't. We've never dealt with that. There wasn't a no. big thing in the nineties at all. No, uh, Rodney all. King. No. Nope. No. Yeah. No. It's uh, more subtle than that. Yeah. But uh <laughs> yeah, the second problem I think was <laughs> I didn't realize this until tonight when I was looking at the Wikipedia article. But Blake, without looking at the Wikipedia article, do you know what year this movie was supposed to take place in? Uh let me guess, twenty twenty something? Yeah, 2020. It does not look anything... It, it doesn't even no. look like they tried to make it look like 2020. Yeah, well... It looks like start, they literally just filmed it in 1999 and called it 2020. Yeah, for starters, no one's... You know, it's not a pandemic, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I think we can forgive them for not predicting that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't... It definitely doesn't look, just looks like 1999. And, uh, but this is the daughter of the main character from the second Candyman mm-hmm. film. And, um, and that, that much is clear in the movie. Uh, but she's full grown. And um, so I guess 25 years has gone by. But the movie did a brief stint on Baywatch and Baywatch Nights. Oh yeah, I mean that's I mean you know 
It is what it is. Before Candyman came into the into the purview of real life. Yeah. yeah. So those are my two top uh, problematic things. Is it didn't look like 2020 at all, and the more problematic one, which was uh, you know the the body exploitation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since you named like two of the the top tier ones, I'm just gonna say it was really boring. <laughs> yeah, I so I I admit like there there are aspects of your typical kind of '90s <clears throat> slasher like gorehound horror films that that are entertaining by just seeing the inventive ways that people can, you know, mm-hmm. use practical effects or CGI to, you know, splatter blood or whatever. Like, there's there's something to that. But uh, there were some elements of it that were enjoyable in this one. I think the only thing that, the only scene that really, like, I think back on, I was like, that was actually pretty well handled, was uh, when the uh, the partner to the racist cop, who was a racist himself, but not as overt, um, gets killed in his cop car with the protagonist in the back seat because they think that she's gone crazy and killed people. And uh, Candyman just randomly decides to appear in the car and jam <laughs> his hook into his chest and he just spits out this blood onto the windshield. I was like, that was nicely done. Nice. I was like, that actually seemed fairly realistic. So, yeah. Blake, I have a confession. Okay. You sent me a text saying there is a, there's a practical effect midway through. And I believe this is the one that you're talking about. Yes. And you were like, watch out for that one. It's good. And I fell asleep. (laughs) and i got to the end of the movie i you know i fell asleep for a little bit and i got to the end and i just didn't have it in me to rewatch that just for the center well okay so so to to clarify everyone like i'm not saying that this is in like the top 10 moments of all-time horror like shots or anything like that but within this very dull very problematic movie i was like man that wasn't bad yeah yeah no no (laughs) i i'm i'm definitely not saying that you're you're saying that that's the best it was also yeah no no i was i was mainly just we were telling you you i was just mainly telling you it wasn't worth going back to watch it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i figured that i was almost gonna try but i had rented the movie and then i let the 48 hours lapse yeah and at that point i was thinking man it is not it's definitely not worth renting it again just so i can find so this. okay so this brings up a point uh and this this may cause a beef between you and me i just heard you say that you rented this film why did you not buy it <laughs> um well i, I mean did, this is I, 
this is flyby films and I... the last time i checked jameson was going to buy the films that we did on the show for his shelf this is true this is true you've caught me they didn't come in time they weren't gonna come oh um, okay so. well then i can't really give you crap for it i was really hoping that you just were like these are gonna there suck have, i'm not gonna buy them there have been a few um that i have had to rent because they haven't come in time i think brubaker i had to rent that but it, um but it eventually came and it came. so i own it but it's in a different um I can't play it because it's district locked or um, mm-hmm. something region like locked. that. Yeah. Region locked. Region locked. Yeah. Um, so it's in a different region. Um, because yeah. people, that's still a thing. Yeah. In 2022, we don't know how. I mean, I'm sure I could figure out a way to unlock it too. So I'm not super worried about it. But uh, yeah, it's still just stupid. Yeah. So much like this film, much like this film, I will say, so it started out and I kind of had some hope that it was going to go in almost like a phantasm direction. Like, did you get, did you get phantasm feels from with kind of like a dream start to it? Yeah. Yeah. It was in like a dream start. And I was, I was hoping that it would kind of be a little more dreamlike, a little more dream logic uh, horror, yeah. because I that I feel like that would really fit, and that's actually, you know, I I do feel like the first film kind of has elements like that. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know if I would I would compare it to um, to Phantasm, but there's definitely dreamlike elements because again in the first. Candyman, you had this whole big issue of Candyman inhabiting this woman and, you know, kind of changing her from the outside or from the inside and also changing the outside, you know, around her. Mm -hmm. It was. And you had this big mystery of like, like you weren't actually 100% certain that Candyman was real and that he was killing people. Like, because it was, they were cagey about showing any of that. Like, they would show it, but you didn't actually know if it was him or like her being possessed by him or some weird like dream element. So there was a lot of mystery to how the the, the logic of Candyman worked in the first film, which yeah. progressively got watered down with each successive film. Yeah, yeah. They try to do that in this one, like the whole like blaming her for like the murders, but you're never convinced. Like you're no, it was clearly Candyman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's she's too much of a babe to like exactly. be a murderer, right? Yeah. yeah, it's I thinking about that and kind of realizing how this second and third film kind of stray from that. It actually makes me appreciate more last year's Candyman because yeah. they go back to that idea where you have this ambigu- ambiguity of who the Candyman is. And see, I still need to see the new one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 
better than these two that we've watched. Yeah. So maybe you don't love it, but uh, but it's better than these two. Yeah, for sure. It has to be. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's not hard to beat these two. <laughs> not hard to beat them. Um, I'm trying to think. There's one other thing I wanted to say. Oh, also, <laughs> I loved how at the end, at the very end, the whole solution to beating Candyman was to lie and yeah. to, bl- <laughs> to blame all of his murders on that racist cop um, who at that point had, had been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, because he went crazy and he tried to, you know, so it was out of self-defense. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, she, you know, she has this flash in her mind where she's like, we have to destroy the myth. We have to destroy it or else he's going to, people are going to keep calling him back. So we need to pin all of his murders on a real person. Yeah. And I just now remembered when you were talking about that, that there's there's another aspect of it that I found uh, uh, not necessarily. Well, I'm sure it's problematic according to our current day understanding of culture and whatnot. But but uh, I just found it deeply stupid. Um, and that's the the uh, the grandmother, the the Ablela of her love <laughs> interest. And. I mean, it's almost like they were trying to create like the the shamanic godfather because yeah. she 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 spoke like she had cotton balls in her mouth like um like the <laughs> godfather and yeah and the way she was like going through the rituals and trying to cleanse this 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 white woman of her uh, black pest. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it wasn't the best choice, probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it was also 1999, and, and, you know, we hadn't really become woke uh, in any sense of the word. And so... <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was funny that, like, it was almost, you know, creating this this very, like, exotic abuela, like, yeah. you know, this this witchcrafty abuela, where it's like, no, if, if you meet an abuela, she's more likely to just, like, pray the rosary over you, you know, rather yeah. than, like, <laughs> call... Yeah. Do some now, if you were, now, if you were in Haiti, that'd be a different story. Or, or yeah. you know, somewhere in Central America, that would be a different story. But Los Angeles? Yeah, it's probably going to be the rosary. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you can mix the two. That And that's what they do, yeah, in, in, uh, in Haiti. Is, there's a nice mix of Catholicism and witchcraft, which is yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a... Yeah, it just it wasn't convincing at all. Um, no. And not only that, but it was basically the movie made the point that, yeah, all this woman doesn't know what, what she's talking about anyways, because clearly it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So. She doesn't cause the spirit to go away. 
no it matter how work. many egg yolks she makes bleed, it is not going away. It's not going to fix the issue. Nope. Only exercising the past career of Baywatch will rid Donna Dierko of of Candyman. Yeah. You have to <laughs> you have to burn his his portrait. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I Our, This was just a weird just a weird narrative in general. Like it yeah. felt it felt 90s and in all the worst ways. Like there are some decent 90s horror films that are not great, but at least they have a cohesive narrative and like they're well made and whatnot. I mean, I know what you did last summer. Not a great film, but at least it makes sense. And and more fun than this. Yeah, film. way more fun. Yeah. I think I think you hit on the biggest sin of this movie, which was it was boring. Yeah. Like I I think Maybe I overplayed. I'm not much of a prude when it comes to these things. I could take like exploitation and gore and stuff mm-hmm. like that in my yeah. horror movies, and I like it. But you know, at least show me you're having fun with it. At least yeah. you know uh, that this movie, you know, just wasn't that. So yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh... In all of the, the 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 scenes of naked women, it felt like really softcore porn. Like they were posing for the camera as like. Yeah, it was it was a <laughs> it was an HBO like, movie in the late nineties, you know. Exactly. So. Yep, it, it's something you would have like you know thirteen year old you know boys would find on Skinamax and and giggle over. <laughs> absolutely 13 year old jamie would have dug it oh um, yeah 13 year old blake would have totally dug it <laughs> all right blake was there anything left to say about this movie uh no i think we pretty much said all we can say about this movie like i wish it had some kind of thematic heft like they try to do this vague like race thing but it's so on the nose and it's so and it comes in and out you know yeah it it, it's not it's not a constant thing it's just well and the people who are the the most racist are barely have a role in the movie like it's they're coming in late most of the time (laughs) and and i'm like this uh, this doesn't quite work (laughs) Oh, I do have one thing, and I texted you this. Uh, There's one other person who's worked on this movie. Oh, yeah. So not Tony I feel like that needs to be a new... I think that needs to be a new segment, is where we search out and see who the most famous person on the set of a movie is every time we watch something. Yeah. But but yes, please, enlighten us. This person was in the credits, and I don't remember what they were credited as. But they are definitely the most famous person to work on this movie, and that is Ava DuVernay. She, uh, so you might know her work from Selma, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, and uh, I think recently she did that 
Oh, what was it? Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Yep. Wrinkle in Time. She also did the documentary 13. 13. Which was amazing. Yeah, very good. Very good. I think that's on Netflix. So, yeah. All of our listeners should watch it. Um, But, uh, yeah, she was definitely. So, this was her second film that she ever worked on that she has credits for. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think she was some sort of publicist for it. But uh, I saw that name when I was watching the credits and I was like, whoa, that's definitely the most famous person who's worked on this movie. Yeah, by by far, by far. By and far. <laughs> and probably the most talented person to work on the movie, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I love me some Tony Todd, but he didn't yeah. have much to work with on this one. So, yeah, it was yeah. it was a waste of Tony Todd. It it really was. It was a waste of his his any kind of production talent he might have had too. Yeah, because it was tough. It was a tough one. I I would not recommend seeing this one. Uh, well, I wouldn't recommend seeing either one of them. To be honest, I I think they both are are really difficult to stomach in their own ways. Yeah. Um, So, so both of them get two hooks down. Yep. Two hooks down. Two hooks down. Yep. Both of us. All right. That's that's officially our uh, our rating system now. <laughs> hooks. Yeah. Meat hooks. hooks. Yeah. Meat hooks. There you go. All right. All right. So, well, Blake, is that everything? I think that's everything. I guess I will talk to you next time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Cool. <laughs>